Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio. 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM, or anywhere on that Odyssey app. Today's show, the Rob O'Donnell Show, is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. If you have unique shipping needs and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions, drive van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few, visit roadscholar.com. We appreciate their sponsorship for the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Well, it's Monday, September 18th, 2023, 309, 70 degrees, cloudy. The sun's trying to force its way through. Hopefully it'll get there. Supposed to be cooler tonight. Good sleeping weather. Had the rain come through on Sunday. Hopefully your weekend wasn't a total washout. I mean, Saturday was real nice. Actually, uh, real hot. I was able to go up uh, to the West Point area and watch Navy Sprint Football play uh, one of their games. And uh, yesterday I was at Nikki Nieces, Nikki's, Nikki Stone's niece's benefit. Got there about 3 o'clock. It was uh, real crowded. A lot of listeners there. Introduce yourself. I appreciate you coming out to support Nikki's family. I appreciate you coming up and introducing yourself to me. But it was a it was a good event. I'm sure Nikki will have a lot to say about it when she returns tomorrow. But it was a good event. I'm glad I was able to get there. My wife and I you know, made it out there. And, and like I said, despite the weather, it was a packed house. Uh, real great bands, great food, baskets galore, and uh, just a real... Show of support for a young lady who's uh, definitely in a battle and uh, is is gonna is gonna fight this. Is gonna fight this, and uh, I have no doubt of that. Um, well, a lot going on. I mean, just to to touch on some of the major topics, the Marines have lost a hundred dollar, a hundred million dollar F thirty five. I've been kind of following this since this morning, and and there's been. Like any new jet, you know, if you remember when the F-14 Tomcat first came out, there were multiple issues. There were the the naysayers saying, you know, this platform will never work for our for our military. It'll never work for our Navy. It's a it's a lame duck, you know, and uh, turned out to be one of our, our greatest assets uh, ever. Then you had the Osprey, which they're still, you know, working some kinks out of. But again. You know, these new aircraft, these new state-of-the-art aircraft, these different types of platforms, especially, you know, an F-14 was was revolutionary with its sweeping wings that could could move back and forth. Then you have the Osprey, which is half uh, helicopter, half plane. And now you have these stealth fighters, these fifth-generation fighters, these F-35s, that has um, a technological leap that we're kind of getting a grasp on. And uh, the more you pack into these planes, the more technical these planes are, the more things that can go wrong with them. And there's there's multiple reasons why a pilot would need to eject in an airplane that's still flying. It's not just engine failure, um, you know, major incident. There are certain they have checklists that they go through in their head verbatim in seconds. And that checklist is probably a page, two pages long on everything they need to do if something goes wrong. Uh, I've seen them being practiced firsthand. And it's just incredible the knowledge they have and how it kicks in. If they get that warning light or something happens or, or they pick up something that's not right, they immediately, they, their, their muscle memory goes immediately into pushing buttons and doing things and making calls and talking to themselves, going through their checklist. It's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
how they can do this for so many different systems. I mean, each system, each issue has its own checklist that you go through. Now, some of them may be similar, but they're they're not the same. And you need to know every one because if you're in that plane, if you're that pilot up there, you're the only one. You are the only one coming to your your own rescue or that plane's rescue. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what we find out about this plane, find out about this issue that the pilot did eject. There was a, a wingman with this plane, another F-35 that was with it, and I've seen a lot on social media that, uh, well, why didn't the other plane just follow the, the F-35? It's not the primary concern at that point. The wingman's primary concern would be the other pilot who ejected, where he landed. Did he land safely? Do we have a location of that human being, not the plane? Um, the fact that it was in some kind of autopilot and kept flying or maintaining whatever it did, and they lost... Uh, side of it. I mean, it is a stealth aircraft as well. So you're going to have less radar signatures depending on its altitude. From what I understand, it was only a couple thousand feet above the ground. And there are these two huge lakes that are there that were in the vicinity of where it could have been brought down, where it could have, have come down itself, depending on what the situation is. Now, when they, when they debrief the pilot, they will find a little bit more about what happened there are multiple redundant computers on these planes. There's all sorts of issues that if they are not controllable, your checklist tells you if you did everything on that list and it didn't correct the situation, find a safe location and punch out. The fact that there was a wooded area and these two big lakes there uh, could have been just that. The fact that it was on an oil autopilot from what I'm reading, and again, this is just what I'm reading from experts saying on social media, is that that's very common. It gives a stable platform for a pilot to eject rather than if he ejects and it's not in an autopilot mode, that system is so violent, the ejection system is so violent, it could mess with the the stick or the throttle or everything that's there and turn the plane into an inverted state or make it climb very quickly where the pilot is not ejecting cleanly. And again, this is just what I've read from the experts who have been talking about it, aviation experts who have been saying these are the, the issues. No one yet has any definitive answers uh, why this happened. But we'll see. And, uh, you know, the fact that it is a stealth jet, I'm sure they have plenty of assets up in the air, searching the areas for it, looking for an oil slick in the lakes that are there or any kind of fuel spill or debris or anything like that. But as of me coming on the air, there's... Really not much more than that. So uh, I know there's a, a lot of comic relief going on out there, which which isn't necessarily bad. But uh, I already saw a post for an F-35 up on eBay for $80 million, which is making its rounds. Uh, the pilot, from what I understand, um, is safe. Now, that doesn't mean he's not injured or anything at all, but... Did eject safely, and I'm sure that'll give a plethora of information to uh, to his superiors to find out what exactly did happen. Hopefully, we could find out more. But with these new platform aircrafts, and believe me, the F-35 is is just that. It's our newest, most advanced aircraft, fighter aircraft. These things happen, and like I rambled off some of the others, as these planes come into service... 
they've all gone through this scrutiny. They've all gone through this negative publicity on, you know, these are no good for our service. These are not what we need. They did it with the F-14 Tomcat. They did it with the Osprey. They're still doing it with the Osprey. And, um, you know, now the F-35. F-22, they did it with cost and then, you know, was probably our most if advanced aircraft ever. But because of cost, uh, limited its production and stopped its production, which may hurt us in the long run. But decisions needed to be made, and uh, the people who make them are there to make them. Getting some... Uh, Getting some information. If the plane can fly an autopilot, how disabled could the jet be? It depends. Like I said, um, it depends what what went wrong with the plane. A lot of uh, a lot of these aircraft have four and five computers. They can fly on one. If there's a major failure, they can't fly at all. So there's no choice but to eject. That doesn't mean that an autopilot wouldn't keep it level and in, in flight. It just means that it wouldn't be controllable by a pilot. Uh, and I don't know. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things. Maybe it's, it's on the way to China and Russia from the cabinet guy. Uh, I saw that, it, you know, could have landed in Cuba. But until they find it, this is going to be a major, major issue. I mean, this is our most advanced one of the two most advanced aircraft we have, and it cannot fall in bad hands. And believe me, if Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, or any of these people have assets here in America, which we surely know they do, I'm sure they're scouring those areas too. There's been uh, talk across the country about these foreign entities buying up land near our bases and such like that, and it would be possibly for a reason like this. So it's something we're going to monitor. It's something we, we have to monitor. It's something that it, it appears Congress is very serious about. Nancy Mace, who's a pilot herself in Congress now, is very outspoken about this on social media. She had a Marine briefing this afternoon, and she was very outspoken that the Marine they sent to brief her had no information about anything. So Representative Nancy Mace, who is, uh, like I said, a pilot herself, is asking a lot of questions that she's not getting answered to and she's not happy. Which is understandable. I mean, she is a member of Cong Congress. She should have more information than we have. But until they know where this plane is, till they know it's secure again, um, I, I see this being very tight-lipped until then through the military and our our, our um our uh through the military and our, our our intelligence agencies is what i meant to say again i what's the purpose of these robo threat calls disrupting schools parents and law enforcement yeah we've had a lot of them uh, i believe it was a multiple number of schools in northeast pennsylvania are getting these text messages or emails or calls we got them Friday that postponed some football games. They happened today, which had some evacuations or delayed in openings and such like that. It depends. Um, if it's local kids thinking they're playing pranks or something like that, this is going to be easily 
gotten if it's a more advanced just to cause disruption through VPNs and such that are not easily traced. Um, they may not uh, get a grasp on who it is. Why, why is it being done? A lot of reasons. Uh, it could be to test our response to things. It could be just to create mayhem. That's what a lot of these entities do. They just want to cause chaos and, and mayhem. See what kind of reaction they get. See what kind of uh, response there is. So these threats are to be taken seriously, and they have been. And like I said, if it's if it's local kids or local entities just looking to to cause some chaos or have some think they're doing something funny, um, the joke's going to be on them because they'll be easily traced. But if it's uh, more sophisticated, computer based, coming through multiple systems through. Uh, through uh, private VPNs, it becomes a little more difficult. But again, even that, the fact that these are electronic threats could uh, raise to the federal uh, investigation as well. So, uh, you know, it's something that I know our media is on top of. We've been monitoring it since Friday with the, the late Friday where they were delaying or postponing football games because of the threats and suspicious package calls and such like that. You know, they're supposed to take these things Seriously, they do, and they have to. And uh, I know it's an inconvenience, but we just have to bear with it as we work through this. Like I said, we're very good at tracking these if it's if it's more local and if it's uh, just nefarious young adults, kids, or even adults that are just trying to have a grudge and they're trying to do something. But the fact that it's targeting multiple school districts, multiple areas, there's really not no common element but to cause chaos. Um, you know, we'll see where it leads. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 325 on this Monday, September 18th, 2023. It's time for Rob's Rundown. These are stories we uh, probably won't get into in depth, but they're happening in our atmosphere and... We should be aware of them, sort of like the military should be with its F-35. Naog pool designs should be in by fall. Covington Township businesses mandated to install lock boxes for their emergency services. Funeral homes adapt in a dying business. No pun intended there. The German Artisan Fire Company marks 125 years in service. God bless those guys. Jury awards 2.7 million in Scranton nursing home negligence case. There's investigations going on in Nanticoke for shots fired this weekend. Some property damage, but luckily no one hurt. Some are not happy with the judge in Wilkesbury fireworks violation fines. Think they're uh, way too low and should have been higher. It's a work in progress. Like we just talked about, school threats are impacting multiple NEPA schools. Just be aware of any alerts, but be aware that these are unfounded threats so far. WBRE is back on direct TV. Just in time for the game. 
And the Marines have lost a $100 million F-35. See what happens and what's going on there. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Monday, September 18th, 2023. Not a lot of real major stuff happening in the news. Now, uh, They we did have the Iranian swap today. Some of... Uh, Americans that were being held in Iran for some Iranians that were being held in America. Plus, we released billions of dollars in money that has been forfeited or held. I should say held because it wasn't forfeited. It's still there. Um, it's Iranian money. But because of their activities, it's been held in abeyance. And just released for humanitarian reasons only. And I, I know this administration wants to say, well, we have ways of monitoring this and we can do that and we can do this. Mere hours after this deal was struck, Iran kicked out multiple AEA, IAEA nuclear inspectors from the U.N., just mere hours after this deal was struck. Money was being released. It was put in a, another fund that Iran could have access to. And uh, immediately that uh, Iran kicked out half and mo our most senior inspectors that monitors the disputed atomic program in Iran. Now, uh, Rafael Marano Grassi, the head of the IAEA said Iran had withdrawn the designation of several experienced agency inspectors, barring them from taking part in monitoring this program. Iran has effectively removed about one-third of the core group of the agency's most experienced inspectors designated for Iran. So how, how do we ever take Iran for at their face value. How do how do we fall for these things? And, and I know Admiral Kirby, who's been in just an utter disaster, as far as losing his moral compass to defend this administration, was asked just that. Was asked about paying a ransom, billions of dollars, anywhere between five and seven. I've heard that is now available to Iran, which they say can only be used for humanitarian aid. We're, there's no way we can monitor that. It's, it's already been released. I mean, we could tell them, don't do that again, maybe more sternly, but what, what else can we do? More sanctions? That doesn't do anything. We just released money that was sanctioned from them. And also you have the Iranian president flying in a sanctioned aircraft, and he's a sanctioned president landing here in America to attend um, U.N. ongoings now. So they pretty much got whatever we want. Yes, we did get these Americans back. But Admiral Kirby, the spokesperson for this administration, was asked specifically, you know, what's, why are we negotiating from a stance of weakness? Why are we negotiating with terrorists? Why are we negotiating... And paying ransoms to these people. And basically Kirby said, well, if you were the family members of these individuals held in Iran, you'd feel much differently. And, and I get that. I absolutely get that, especially having two kids in active duty military service. I, I get it for sure. 
but we do not base our national policy based on the feelings of individual families. And it sets a wider precedent, which is why nations like Iran keep taking hostages like this. Why North Korea is still holding that military member who voluntarily ran into North Korea, by the way. But if he's being held against his will or not, we'll never know. I mean, he, they could be treating him um, like a king there, making it worth his wild for the PR value. But this happens time and time again, and we don't learn our lesson. There's a reason why the stance of the U.S. government was we don't negotiate with terrorists. We don't pay ransom for individuals because it just has been proven time and time again to enhance more of it, to encourage more of it. And we've seen it time and time again. It's just bad policy. And yes, it's always great to get anyone, any American held against their will in another country back here on our home soil. But at what cost? How many more are going to be in the same circumstance because of this deal? And it's things that really have to be looked at and really have to be scrutinized. And then you add in not only the swap of known terrorists for these Americans held there, but these billions of dollars in funds, which are obviously going to be used for nefarious reasons, regardless of what the administration says we have safeguards on or not. Once the money's released, it's released. There's not much we can do about it. We know they're funding terror around the world. This, is, this would be the Iranian regime. We need to do better. It's 3.33 here at WILK. It's time for the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 3.39 here at the station, 72 degrees and cloudy. Got a bunch of text messages in I'm going to touch base on because of what we were talking about. Of course, I get the text message. Trump did the same thing with Afghanistan, releasing 5,000 Taliban prisoners. Yes and no. It did happen under the Trump administration. It was sanctioned by the Trump administration. It was also sanctioned by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. And I'll read those quotes in a minute. But it had nothing to do with America. The Trump administration approved Afghanistan trading prisoner swap with the Taliban. So, yes, there were 5,000 Taliban. There were a couple thousand Afghans that were being held by the Taliban and that switch did happen there. Had nothing to do with Americans here, but it definitely, by giving them back their terrorists, by giving them back their fighters, affected our military. And I know military was, uh, our military was very perturbed at that. But if you go uh, back to that agreement, you know, at the time, the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, called the agreement an historic opportunity. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell welcomed the agreement, although warned the U.S. must be vigil in dealing with the Taliban. And additionally, Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called the agreement an important initial step toward advancing security and stability in Afghanistan, adding that many significant additional steps remain to achieve comprehensive enduring peace. So it was a bipartisan okay along with the administration, the Trump administration, that the Afghan government and the Taliban do a prisoner swap. So it wasn't us releasing, it wasn't the Trump administration releasing 5,000 prisoners, Taliban prisoners there. So yes and no. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that as well, but obviously the people who are paid to monitor this a little better than I am, including both sides of the aisle, 
said it was a good thing at the time. So I, I know your text message is to, oh, Rob's talking about the Biden administration. Let's talk about the Trump administration because Trump's just as bad. And, you know, I agree. We shouldn't be negotiating with anyone for prisoner swap, but these weren't our prisoners. These weren't Americans. They were Afghan and Taliban prisoners there, and they were swapped, and it was seen to be the best option that they had at the time. So, so that was there. Um, somebody said, uh, Rob, if the aircraft stayed airborne and kept flying like a good airship should, that points to one conclusion, the frightened pilot jumped ship too soon. It's not a job for a nervous, timid, scared, timid scaredy cat. It all depends on what the failure was. Like I said, there are certain failures when you go through your checklist that says eject. If you troubleshot everything you could troubleshoot and it didn't fix the problem, your next step is eject. Especially in a single engine aircraft, which the F-35 is. Other aircraft like an F-18 or an F-22 that have two engines, there's a little more redundancy there. Um, you know, I, I have read stories, I've read reports on pilots who their checklist told them to eject, tells them, you know, you need to do eject, and they brought the plane down and was able to safely land it, and they're still questioning these pilots, well, this is your checklist, why did you not eject? Even though everything was safe, the, the aircraft was brought back down, obviously it had the damage of the failure that they were working through. And the discretion is the pilot's. It's not that he did anything wrong. It's not like a pilot is going to get in trouble for not ejecting. But they're going to question, hey, if you went through your checklist and uh, you didn't eject, why? And the, the pilot's answer is, well, uh, you know, I was close enough to where I thought I had this, you know, the, the discretion to get the plane safely on the ground. I was already within the limits of, of a glide slope and blah, 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 blah. This is the way these things grow, of, of course, more technical. But it, it doesn't mean the pilot's timid. It means whatever failure he had, especially in a plane that's so electronic, technical based, that your option is to eject. So we'll see. We'll hear more about it. I'm not going to cast judgment on this pilot. They are trained excellent. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, what squadron the pilot came through, where he was. Was he an established pilot? Was he still in the FRS training? You know, what were they doing since there were two planes up there? We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll move forward with that and hopefully have more information. Like I said, with this type of aircraft, we may not know a whole lot. Except, yeah, we found the aircraft or we've located it. I can't see them not locating it, and if they don't locate it, I think it's a bigger problem than second-guessing the pilot on why he ejected. But, again, we'll see. I'm scouring social media, but when the Central Command comes out and says, uh, if you find an F-35, please give us a call, and this is a legitimate and honest uh, request, uh, we have an issue. So we'll see what goes on there. It's uh, 3.44 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.47. I just found a post from uh, someone I uh, respect, former Navy pilot and subject matter expert on these topics. And uh, here's what he put. I'll read the post verbatim. Here's the most logical and likely scenario. 
Pilot ejected. This produces a violent explosion in the cockpit, most likely fried the internal electronics, including the transponder. Aircraft recovered and stayed on trajectory after ejection. Aircraft is super stealthy and has the radar cross-section similar to a bird. So unless it was carrying something, radar and tracking would have been lost. Aircraft most likely stayed its zombie course and ran out of fuel and crashed into a forest or out to sea. At nighttime, with low fuel, this would not have a big visual explosion and could be hard to detect. Highly unlikely that aircraft was hacked. FIDL, MADL, and Link 16 would not give anyone that level of access to this aircraft. This was not a testing mission of any or of anything new. That's not done out of these locations. In other words, they lost an F-35, and there's really no big conspiracy about it except the fact that it's a huge embarrassment to the military that's, that it suffered. So, you know, that's coming from the expert on basically where he thinks they're at with this. And, uh, you know, I until proven otherwise, that's what I go with. Like I said, there's, there's thousands of things that can go wrong in one of these cockpits, and... I'm not going to second-guess that pilot until we figure out what exactly happened. I don't think there's anything nefarious because, like I said, there was a wingman with this pilot, so it's not like he gave the plane to someone else or grounded it and said he ejected. Or you know, This is all visually confirmed by his wingman. And like I said, a wingman's responsibility would be to the human that was parachuting down to make sure he was safe rather than the plane itself, and by the time he would turn around and make sure the pilot that ejected landed safely with his parachute, there, uh, who knows how far that plane could have been. And again, with no radar signature, it would be hard to, to find. But we'll monitor it, and that's pretty much uh, all I have to say on that. You could feel free to call or text about it, but it's time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It is 3.54 here at the station, 72 degrees and cloudy. You can call or text the show at 570-883-0098. We will uh, go to the phones now. We have uh, San from Trucksville on Fetterman. San. San, you there, Trucksville? Yeah. You're on the on on the air. Well, I, I agree with you on the Iran deal. I don't, I don't believe all that crap that we shouldn't give up terrorists for journalists and billions of dollars. But I want, I want to talk more local. You got oh. that Betterman stuff going on where he's lowering the bar where he doesn't have to wear a suit in the Senate. But my kids, or my grandkids, go to where in Valley West and all the hoodies that they have bought to prepare for school are no longer allowed to be there. Why is all this? Yeah, it's 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 interesting that they are changing the standards, or at least suspend. They didn't change them. They're suspending the standards for the Senate, and it appears to be. I mean, they're calling it the Fetterman rule, but, uh, you know, it's not officially known as that. But I think most people know what it's for. So it's it's interesting. And like you said, you're right. A lot of students in our school districts can't wear hoodies to school, um, but yet their senator can wear it on the Senate floor, floor now. Something's got to change. No, well, it does, and hopefully the voters, uh, hopefully the voters see that through. San, I appreciate your call. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Leslie from Montale on Social Security. A little change there, Leslie. How are you? Oh, frazzled. How are you? Frazzled. Okay. 
Yes, I'm trying to get estimates on a roof. I have a sinus cold that's killing me. And now I've got a phone call from an 82-year-old neighbor. Evidently, on Nancy and Jason's call to, or show today, something was said about where Social Security wants money back from 2001, and they had a soundbite of a lady from Florida who has sold her house for $121,000. I love this. This old lady writes all this stuff down. And uh, she still, well, she was presented with a bill, $130,000, and we want the money in 30 days. I've not heard anything more about it, and since you're the research guy and you're on top of your stuff, I'm just wondering, can you find anything out and maybe put it on air? Because I'm going to be in the house until you're done. Yeah, there is something going on. Social, uh, ABC News has it. It's, it's, it's going through the news. ABC News, uh, Social Security Agency demands money back for overpayments. Now, this isn't everybody. That's um, what I kind of figured, but when you're 82 and you're frazzled, you're frazzled. She's as frazzled as I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to... Okay, Social Security overpayments, billions to people, many on disability. So it appears that it's targeting people who are getting Social Security disability payments, not normal Social Security. Okay. Um, that, right. That's what I'm getting at this point. Okay, cool. Um... But it is all you'd have to do is uh, Google Social Security overpayments, uh-huh. and a bunch of news articles will come up on it. But what I'm reading here, this is KFF, KFF Health News. It says Social Security overpays billions to people, many on disability. Okay. So it looks like that's the majority of it. I'm not. I, I hear I'm not going to say that it's not just all Social Security, but it seems right. to be uh, to just that. And the fact. Uh, during the 2022 fiscal year, the agency clawed back $4.7 billion of overpayments, while another $21.6 billion remained outstanding. So they've been collecting money back since 2022. Okay. Um, Just now coming to light on uh, yeah, public well, it media. Said, yeah, it says they took $4.7 billion back in 2022, and they're still owed $21.6 billion. Um, the Social Security Administration declined an interview. Of course they did. Why would uh-huh. they try to explain themselves for oh, yeah. giving money forbid. to him? Um, and the agency rejected a May 2022 Freedom of Information request for document of every overpayment notice sent over several years. Uh. And uh, a March uh, 2023 appeal is pending. Uh-huh. Most are on disability, and many cannot afford to repay the government. So it looks like it's targeting mostly those on, who collect Social Security uh, disability. Okay. So you can all give right. her a little piece, a sense of peace there. And again, all you oh. have to Google is Social Security overpayments, okay. and um, it, you'll you'll be able to get a bunch of stories on it. And read a little more in depth. I'm just I'm just kind of going on the fly here. Well, listen, I got one more thing to say. You are freaking awesome, and I, I love you. It. Thank you, and Leslie. I think I think the world of you. God bless you, baby. Thank, thank God you for bless all you, too. you do. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Well, that's the way you start off a Monday, right, Jake? See, there you go. Good old Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking through the the article now, and and I know it was covered earlier on some shows. Um, I'll look into it. I'll dig into it a little bit maybe this evening to see if I can come up with a little more on it, but it looks like, from what I'm gathering now from the, the stories I'm reading, it's targeting mostly people on Social Security disability, not your, your just your common Social Security, but it says mostly, so I'm not going to say there's not anyone because if someone gets a letter, and if you've gotten a letter, 
please reach out to me and let me know and let me know if you're on disability or text in if you're on disability and uh, we'll uh, look at it a little more. But I'll probably dig into this a little bit tonight to give people a little peace of mind since it is obviously bothering some people and people are scared for her neighbor to write it down. It's 